Lou, welcome back to our South Sea Folk podcast. Um, another one. We just keep putting these ones out there, and I really look forward to this chat that we have each week and the exciting people that we we get on board to talk about South Sea. But, but how's your week been since we, we last chatted? Yeah, it's been good, John. Um, yeah, it's been nice. Um, there was a lot happening this last weekend. There was a lot of markets all on at the same time. So you know what I'm like, John. I like to support people. So I had <laughs> yeah. to literally, um, well, I only went on Sunday because Saturday we went off to get our Christmas tree yeah. and we thought we'd only be a couple of hours and it was kind of like a whole day event. So Sunday oh, nice. I was running around, like run, ran to the hot walls to go to support them and buy a few yeah. things, went to Castle Road Market um you know and just just sort of went around to all these and great creatives out there doing lovely things yeah well well, I'm very jealous of all that stuff you did because I actually went for my first um trip to the U.S. last week so I spent a week in in Philadelphia but um the downside it was like it was good it was weird though in the lounges and and on the planes having to wear a mask the whole time that was um very strange but um when I got back of course I had to self-isolate uh, for two days get a pcr test done yeah. um so i'm able to go anywhere i've just been stuck within these um within these four walls so i'm, I'm jealous of your uh your trips around the markets must have been a lot of, mm. what was it like going to america what did it feel like so obviously you used to travel all the time but what yeah. did it feel like this this time it was very strange it was really because it's been two years since i did my last trip nearly two or well, two years in january uh since i did my last trip to the u.s and um it was just very strange. It was weird because we've got to Philadelphia and America is very, um, it depends what state you're in as to how uh, how strict they are with masks and so on. So you had some places where there was no mask, some place where you know you had to wear a mask the whole time. On the flight, I had a seven hour flight and I had to keep my mask on almost all the time, apart from when eating and um, and drinking. And that was, um, that was strange. It, and on a personal note, because this is the year since I was in, in hospital, um it, having the mask on all the time reminded me of what it was like having a mask on in in, in my house yeah so that was a bit that was a bit that wasn't nice um, I was going to say a bit of a joke I was going to say well did you find yourself ordering peanuts all the time <laughs> <laughs> no no we couldn't have peanuts because someone had a very severe peanut allergy so the whole plane nearly was not allowed to have peanuts because oh, they were so allergic. If I had eaten a peanut and it had gone in the air and got to them, then they would have been um, poorly. So we were, so no nuts were had on that trip, which oh, is. Um, but that must have been yeah. hard having a mask on for seven hours because it's, it, it, it you know, it's really, it's hard work, that isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. But, but very I'm glad necessary. You're back. Yeah. Yes, me too. I'm me glad too. You're and, safe. Um, I'm safe. We, like, like you, we've got our tree. But anyway, that's enough about us. Introduce who we got to chat to. Yeah, we've got an amazing guest on today who we both, um, you know, spoke to before. Mm. And I love all the projects that he's worked on this year. Um, So welcome to the podcast, Clark Reynolds. Um, Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Yeah, great. (laughs) I'm surprised I could find time at the moment. I'm supposed to be winding down for Christmas, but it seems to have amped up, uh, which is crazy in itself. Oh, so the last time I saw you, Clark, was at the We Shine Festival. Um, you did the amazing installation um, in the building, Eldon Building, at the bottom of um, in the Portsmouth University. 
And that went so well, didn't it? I, I was blown away because a lot of people didn't realise that. I, I also opened up the event with two other artists at St Mary's Church, which was really daunting in front of all those those people. Mm. Um, and then the Olden Building, I literally studied there 20 years ago. It's where I started my art oh. career. So for me, it was a really big homecoming. It was the biggest thing I'd done in my career. I literally lived like a limited house. Um, that's where I grew up. So that was a stone's throw from Eldon's building. And I got back, we, we got there on the Thursday and I think I was thinking, oh, there won't be that many people. But I'm sure because of your map that you put me down as number one, <laughs> I had a cue. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do this. I had a cue from basically from the time I got there to quarter to nine, it didn't stop. In that first oh, day, I had over 700 people turn up. Really? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry if it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> sorry we made you so popular, Clark. I know, but but then, it, so in those three evenings, basically from five till nine, over 2,000 people came to my tent. People were queuing 15, 20 minutes. I mean, that's unheard of in the art world, unless you're someone like Van Gogh or Matisse. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, was, I felt like I was a rock star. And I, I talked to about 90% of those people in the queue as well. Yeah, oh, you nice. did. I was so there. Clark, Clark, just so, because we know about you, and, and, and most people know about, but not everyone. There'll be someone under a rock somewhere that has not heard of you and what you do. So just tell us all about you and, and you know, and what you do. So, uh, so yeah, my name's Clark. Um, I'm Paul, Portsmouth lad, kind of, all my life. Um, always wanted to be an artist from the age of six. Around about time I was blind in one eye. Um, managed to get a degree in model making. And then I was a dental model maker. And then 10 years ago, I started losing my sight in my other eye. Uh, but for me, art's always been been there. It's been a constant in my life. And I'm not going to go on and say, oh, God, I've lost my sight. What can mm. I do now? It's like, right, let's change perceive people's perception of what, of what a, sight, a sighted person can see uh, and, a sight of, and it was someone who can't see, you know, because I've lived both lives and we live in a visual world. There's no two ways of getting about it. But I love art so much that I can't access it. So I kind of got to create art so I can I can access it. And then a couple of years ago, I discovered Braille. And it was like a light bulb wired off my head. It's like, why is this not an art form? Like a typographer mm. uses letters. I'm no different than just I use a dot. And I have more power because a dot is a frame. And it's so graphic. And now I've been known as the blind braille artist. And I, I take that small dot, blow it up, give it colour and give it meaning. And obviously, as a blind person, words mm. are so important describing to someone what we see. So I'm kind of like I use that. And the beauty of my artwork is it can be touched. Yeah. And, and that's funny because you said you didn't know um, braille till about two years ago. And I remember, you know, I'm, I'm fa fairly old in my late 50s. And I remember Braille. Has, did it fall out of favour or was that just because you hadn't uh, come across it before? I think because we've got technology. So, you know, iPhones have really helped the um, vision impaired community. Mm. And a lot of, lot of vision impaired people have those apps where you just press a, press a button and it reads. But I'm quite old fashioned, you know, even when I mm. did my degree in model making, it's always I couldn't get hold of that the technology side of things where you're doing free modeling on a computer. It was all yeah. it was all about the hands for me. And you know, if we don't, the thing is, Braille is not used correctly. I don't think so. The idea is I've learned Braille, but I can't, I can't physically go out in society and use it. No. So the only legislation is on medicines and has materials. I can't go into a shop or a restaurant and 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 there be Braille. 
you know, or for instance, on a toilet, you know, a lot of vision impaired people can't access disabled toilets. So they end up going in the wrong gender toilet. You yeah. know, why isn't there a big M or a big F that I can physically put my hand out and touch? Because it's like that dot is so small. But it, when you blow it up, it can still be read. It's like how you read um, speed read. It's like I could speed touch. So yeah. Braille needs to be used correctly. And that's my aim. So really, you think that Braille should be used a lot more than in society. Um, there's a there's a there's a scope there for it to, you know, be used a lot more, isn't isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I want to go into a restaurant and have my independence and say, oh, please can I have the Braille menu. I, you know, when I go into the shops, I do, I do the food shopping. I get confused with the plum tomatoes and the chopped tomatoes. You know, why isn't there a C or a P on that can? It's not hard. No. Yeah, that's so clever. What I was going to say, um, Clark, was, you know, I really sort of found more out about you and I wrote about you in the summer because you did the um, the Braille Trail, a wonderful art trail at Victorious, didn't you? And um, and I and I wrote about that, and that's how I got to find out more about you. And I was really inspired by the work that you did. So, do you want to tell people a little bit about the Victorious thing and how it came about? Yeah, I mean that was uh, a real shock move on uh, in my career, really, because um, um, I just met um, Claire and Steve from Seekers Crate, and I was doing a workshop with Splodge Design. I invited them along to show them what I did. And then afterwards, we went, we went into the coffee shop and they just asked me, what would you know, what do you fancy doing? I said, you know, I'd just been doing a, a, a proposal for a brow trail and gospel because they just got uh, some big money. And I did all the legwork. And unfortunately, in the art world, you get turned down. So I got turned down for that. I said, I'd really like to do a brow trail. And literally from then on, uh, next day, they made some phone calls and they said, oh, why not? Let's do it at Victorious. And I said, OK, hmm. then. So, and then within three weeks later, we'd done a brow trail. It was it was amazing. I. Uh, we had these plaques going all around the, the site, not in the main area, but it was more up on the top by the castle, uh, down to the children area. And it spelled out the word victorious. And then I created my Braille suit for that event, which is a bright yellow suit. Yeah. With Braille <laughs> all over. I was like a cross between, I was like a, a friendly Riddler, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, a good well, yeah, anyway, but the best thing was, right, you know, how many people are victorious? 50,000. Mm-hmm. I met the most amazing person there. Uh, and um, I was talking to someone and uh, the dad said to me, is what if my daughter touches your suit? And I said, that's fine. She's about five years old. I got on my hands and knees. And uh, and then she said, he said to the daughter, her name was Etta. She said, Etta, why do you want to touch a man's suit? And the, and the girl turns around and she goes, because I'm blind. And as a blind adult, we don't come across blind children that are, you know, that young. So I, so I had it. And we had the most amazing discussion about Braille, my suit, my stick. And the reason why I created this Braille trial is for, for you to experience art in a visual world. You know, you can go yeah. up there. And, and she came to my tent as well. Um, yeah. And, and she came twice. She came really? twice. So, so for <laughs> me, you know, every, every artist has a muse. So my muse now is Etta. So oh, I always, always think if what would Etta like? So it, like that's in the back of my mind now. Like if I'm creating work, I'm creating it for Etta because if Etta can, uh, you know, can touch my work and, and feel part of an artistic practice, you know, mm. then then I've done my job. Yeah, that's so lovely. Mm. And for someone so young um, to be able to experience the world in that way 
is you know with I'm not going to use the word disability but being blind um that must be great for her as well a true learning experience at an age when she's she is learning so much that's it I mean I literally a couple months ago I did a a podcast for BBC Radio 4 the sketches one and a school in London uh King's Cross Academy their headmaster heard it and they were just renaming their classes year six classes so I get an email saying they've named their class after me Ah. I'm thinking thinking it's a joke. Well, yeah, I'm thinking they've got the wrong Reynolds. I'm thinking it's Joshua Reynolds. So I rung up the the school. No, it's not a joke. I have a class named after me. And I had a Zoom meeting with that class. And they asked loads of questions. So that class is going to grow up knowing about sight loss and brow because of me, which is amazing. What more what more could you ask for? I mean, that is incredible. I love that. Mm. And I also love the fact that, you know, how Etta inspired you and yeah. you inspired her and it's that connection and I love that because it doesn't matter how old somebody is or how young somebody is it's how they can inspire each other I think that's amazing yeah I mean it's like because because the the artwork is words you know and so anyone like say so I create the artwork and it always comes with a key because I want sighted people to learn Braille, and the best way of learning it obviously is through colour, so there's a key to my art. Mm. But then when you start learning it for the visual, you think, oh, I really want to touch that artwork to to understand what Braille is. And it, see, if everyone learnt Braille, then it wouldn't be a random thing. We, we, like I said, we're talking about like Braille everywhere. It wouldn't be a random thing. It would be like just part of society because everyone yeah. would learn it. Mm. Yeah. And if someone wanted to do that, how would you go about doing it? I mean, what, you know, I wouldn't know where to look. Well, the internet's a wonderful thing. You can search on it. But, you know, what would you recommend? Well, on my Instagram account, I have created mm. egg, egg Braille, right? Egg so it's, Braille. Egg Braille. So it's a perfect thing. So a six box egg carton, right? Because mm. Braille is just a six dot cell, like a domino. So mm. when you've got a six box egg carton, you've got something quite visible and tangible. And Braille is numbered. So if you look at egg pot carton and you go one, two, three, four, five, six horizontally, yeah. you know, uh, vertically. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So A is one. Mm. B is one and two. C is one and four. So if you, it's like a number pattern. So in my mm. Instagram over Easter, I did every day I did uh, the letter of the alphabet in my egg brow with the, with the number. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Mm. Awesome. Um, I think it's brilliant. And the other thing is that, I mean, we've talked about this, Clark, but my art group, um, the art teacher has chosen you today. Um, so there's going to be about 30 children this afternoon, all doing um, some artwork based on all of your art. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be lovely. I wish I could have gone. I wish I got, I, I've got a deadline tomorrow. So I um, applied for a huge international art trail in Norfolk at the Dismere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I applied for everything, you know, I don't have any experience at, you know, public art, big budgets. But out of 215, I got down to the final four. So nice. uh, there's a deadline. <laughs> I know. So the deadline tomorrow, finding um, quotes for materials and stuff. So it's, yeah. so I, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm hammered to the wall with that. But um and if that happens, if I get that, I mean, it's going to be a fully accessible, inclusive sculpture park, uh, it, you know, and that really oh, would put really? me on the map. Oh, amazing. Uh, and, oh, and the tagline is called a playground of creativity, discovery and inclusivity. 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. So what That's... else then? You were saying before we, in a little chat beforehand, that you, you were hoping it might be a bit quiet in the run up to Christmas, but it's the opposite of that. So what else have you got going on? Well, in January, I have my exhibition, The Code and Brother, The Code and Me, touring to the base gallery in Newbury. That's for the whole of January. Um, apparently, they've got the mayor of Newbury actually opening up the exhibition, Ooh. which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I'm working with the National Paralympic Heritage on a project in March. Uh, and then the big one. So many people not, don't realise. So when Aspects was in Borough Road, I used to go to Cottage Grove. Um, so I used to walk from Lemton House to Cottage Grove. Now, Aspects, I used to go there every weekend. Um, and my brother played in the park next to it and I used to go in there and used to draw and that's how I want to become an artist and now 35 years later I have now got a solo show at Aspects Portsmouth <laughs> oh, nice. in April for three months and uh, it's going to be the most amazing experience it's going to be like a rock star doing a gig in his hometown I just <laughs> I, I just because you know, I mean, we talked about obviously COVID and stuff and about the, the creative industries and about, mm. oh, if you're in the creative industries, you can retrain. But for me, with all my ups and downs in life, art has truly saved my life. Um, my brother, we, you know, we're quite close in age. My brother had the same upbringing as I did. And unfortunately, he passed away two years ago uh, on the streets of Newquay. Um, I could have gone that way, you know, but because I had art in my life, art truly has saved my life. And in fairness, as aspects saved my life. And the actual exhibition is going to be called Journey by Dots. And it's going to be a quite a, a self-portrait in words and my journey and uh, quite poignant, really. Mm, that's, that's amazing to think of that and how aspects has helped. And you're going back now to, to do that exhibition, but also to give back to what you've been given as well, because it really truly is, isn't it? Because of the way they helped you and that, that exhibition that you're doing will give a lot of people a lot of pleasure, but also probably will help with funding and aspects as well. So both both sides. I mean, I thought, you know, you said you, you touched on the word about disability. So unfortunately, mm. disability arts is seen again by in the mainstream as like a hobby. You know, we're not taking seriously enough. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I, I don't see myself as a, a disabled artist. I'm just an artist that is blind. But the thing is, I want to be as famous as Damien Hurst and Banksy and Tracy. Because if I'm not famous, how can I be a role model for the future generation yeah. of my children growing up? You know, I have to be in that limelight to make to make changes to, mm. look, to show people that you know i may be disabled but i don't feel disabled and i have a i have a voice in the art and the, in the creative industry and my voice needs to be heard so who are your peers then who would you say well, within your your sphere i was a big i've i've always been a big fan of pointillism um so so saru sarah how you want to pronounce it i was a big fan of pointillism from an age of eight a great memory I had. We went to the um, a London gallery with the school. Uh, being you know young young kid, eight nine years old, we went into the gallery. I was with my friend, and I, I knew the painting. And I said to my friend, "Oh, that's 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 sorry, that's pointillism." And I remember like clear as day that uh, an old couple looked at me like, "My God, what has an eight year old known about?" Because <laughs> 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 it's weird because being blind of one eye, I've always said to people, I, I, "It's like looking for a thousand dots." So I've always mm. used dots in my artwork and now those dots mean something. Yeah. I think what when you made a really good point about being a role model and sort of being famous, but I think you already are a role model, Clark. And I think you need to take, you know, pride in that 
and think about what you've achieved so far. I mean, just this year, you know, you've really, you know, been a name that people have really resonated with this year, with the projects that you've done. And especially like things like Victoria's, because what blew me away was I felt like, well, if you can do this at Victoria's, you can do, a, a, you know, um, a Braille trail at any music festival in the UK. And that is astounding to think that that accessibility it could be there for people so I think you know what you've achieved has been amazing and really shone a light bulb for lots of different people um and I think like I say I think you have to sort of stand back and sometimes just think about you know what you've achieved so far you know I just love I just love what I do you know for me if art became a chore I wouldn't do it you no. know and I, I, you know I have that passion. I don't know where it came from because I say no one in my family is artistic or creative. I don't, you know, I, I just, I knew it from deep down, you know, that early age and I'm living the dream. And, you know, for me, I hopefully we'll put Portsmouth on the map with regards to Braille. I mean, obviously with the South Sea Seawall defences uh, coming up, hopefully I'll get, I'll get a really good stretch of, uh, of that wall or pavement yeah. with Braille on. No. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully something at the Spinnaker Tower, which would be cool, you know, uh, uh, when you go up to the Spinnaker Tower and something could be uh, uh, described the, the horizon in Braille, something they like could that. Lower, they could lower you down on a rope and you could do it on the outside of the Spinnaker Tower. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, I, ju I jumped out of a plane a couple of years ago for a site loss charity. Oh, I, mean, that, nice. that, I mean, you can find it on YouTube. I mean, it's the most amazing yeah. experience. Uh, I mean, I'm going to do it again. I've done it once. I mean, that, that was good enough for me. <laughs> um, what yeah, was the sensation? I, for someone, um, yeah, I mean, I hesitate. What what was that sensation as you fall, oh. not being able to see what's going on around you? How is it an internal feeling? What is it? What what is it? It it was like um, jumping out of a plane. You couldn't breathe for a minute because you yeah. because you got the air rushing into you and and you're trying to breathe out but you can't. So mm. for a whole minute you're quite panicky. <laughs> I until, can imagine. And until uh, I mean, I'm scared of heights. I don't really like heights. I don't like flying. <laughs> Um, so I, I, even though I'm blind, right, I closed my eyes when we came out of the place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, think I love that. It's a, it's a natural thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we, we, <laughs> we, were, we were fortunate enough. We we did it during a really nice uh, sunny day in September. Uh, so um, and the experience was. I mean, I couldn't see anything. Uh, um, but the guy was really good. He was explaining it as well, which is really nice. And um, yeah, I love those experiences. So I mean, other things. Uh, so other things I'm doing is, so me and Steve, we've just created our own podcast. Uh, oh, called, nice! Yes. Um, this was the, on the basis of going to my dog size exhibition. Now I love my art, but I just can't stand audio description. I think it's as boring as watching paint dry. There's no living in the creative industry. There's nothing creative about someone on a monotone voice describing art so boring that you just want to switch off yeah. Yeah. so I, I haven't been to a gallery for ages so we got the opportunity to go to my dog size exhibition and Steve Auto described it in a way that he was asking questions and I was giving, you know I was asking questions back so it became like we're doing now like a really good dialogue mm. and the beauty of that was um Angela heard us and she got in contact with uh, First Sight Gallery in Colchester, which is the, uh, the gallery of the year. And we were asked to do um, background Bob's exhibition. 
Oh, nice. Oh, oh, brilliant. I know. So that's our first six episodes, this background Bob's exhibition. And, it, and it's not scripted. It's like this. It's literally he describing the art in a way that is quite jolly. I yeah, come no. up with questions. So it makes him yeah. look at the art closer. Mm. So Where can people it. find it then, Clark? Have you oh, got what? it going out live yet? Or is yeah, it in the like, process? No, it's online. It's on all the Spotify and Apple. It's just art, called Art Insight. So site as in s-i-g-h-t um and we've just put in for an arts council bid to do 15 galleries and on the south coast oh, um, nice. wow. <laughs> from, from turner contemporary margate mm. to the tate instant ives all the way along oh, the south that's coast. that's a beautiful gallery there i've been there and it's uh, they're just where it is is amazing and so the idea is a new way of looking at audio description because on average a person looks at an art for 45 seconds Mm. You know, but for me, I chat about that art for 10 minutes. You know? <laughs> yes. So so it makes you want to look at the art closer and see the art for a blind person's perspective. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I think that's a great mm. thing. Yeah. What I was going to say was that when you said about um, aspects and how you started to draw when you were a little, little boy, is that they do family Saturdays now. Because my my son has gone to them, not every week, but he has gone a few times. And then... Um, that is a really big thing, actually, for Aspects. They have really kept that going for all that time, haven't they? Well, it's been amazing. And the weirdest thing was, so when I left to do my university and then I came back, I did a Google search to find, you know, I want to get back into the art scene. And um, it never clicked to me that Aspects in Gumwolf was the same Aspects I went to in Portsmouth. Uh, I see, yes. Yeah, it, 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 it didn't register until mm. I, I was doing Aspects Associate meetings and, I did a residency there and because uh, they've been supporting me, you know, we did the IC Squares um, project for Ports of Festivities where, again, over a thousand people took part in that. And the BBC mm. did an did interview on me. And, you know, so they really have been helping me the last five years of my life. So that, yeah. the start, they helped me in my career when I was a six year old. And now they helped me become that professional artist, which is amazing. So do you think, Clark? Um, and I'm sure you've been asked this lots of times, so apologies for, for that. But if you hadn't have um, lost your sight, do you think, because you're obviously a man that is full of enthusiasm, so many ideas, and I, I can actually feel them bubbling up in your head as as we're talking. Do you think it would have been the same if you had not been, you know, lost your sight? Probably not. And, you mm. know, and, and that, that's quite a blessing in disguise. I think I would have been I wouldn't have had a purpose. You know, a lot of artists do, you know, they, they, they go through life and they, they have their struggles and they, they, they turn out the work. Uh, but for me, maybe I was meant to, I know I have no, I don't believe in anything, but maybe I was meant to go blind for mm. me to have a purpose in life. You know, mm. to change people's perception of disability, blindness. Um, and, and that's what I, I mean. I, I turned 40 this year, the same, you know, aspects turned 40, which I'll again. You don't look that old. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm I feel like I'm a 20 year old again. I don't yeah. feel it in the knees, but I do feel it in the thing. But I'm more busy going blind than I had when I had sight. I mean, I played yeah. blind cricket for Hampshire and Sussex for five years. Ah. I mean, I won the T20 finals just for just for lockdown. Ah. You obviously have so, far too much stuff on your on your plate. I know, I know, and and. And also, I'm a role model for my daughter. So my daughter has uh, mild cerebral palsy. So, again, it's that, you know, for her, it's like she wants to be uh, an astronaut. She wants to go, uh, go to Mars. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I, you know, I, I tell her, you know, fulfill your dreams, you know, don't let your, your disability get in the way. Um, so, so she, so I'm a role model for her. Um, yeah. and, and, and for me, I'm not scared of losing my sight. The only thing I'm scared of is not seeing her face as she gets older. Mm. That's the only thing yeah. that, that will upset me because, you know, she's my little girl. She's my princess. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, so that's, the only, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I adapt to my art and stuff and that. Lot, but for me, it's, it's that, that's the only thing that scares me is not seeing my daughter when she's, when she's fully grown. Yeah, that oh. What I was going to ask you, Clark, was um, what we'd normally do at the end of a podcast is we ask a few different like little questions. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, if, if you could go and do some art with an artist, dead or alive, what, you know, who would you go and do oh. some art with? Oh my, only god. Pick one. <laughs> oh my god that's so oh dead or alive um let me choose a, so a, a dead one i would love to i would love to work with someone like andy warhol because my art is very graphic very i'm inspired yeah. by him, uh, and i would love to you know it'd be a great exhibition to to explore that that the, the you know the way he printed and used the pop, popular culture and the way I'm kind of using that in a way in words, that would be interesting. And if I was one, if I was allowed to have one alive, it would be Damien Hurst because just because I would love to have an exhibition with him with my dots and his dots, and then people turning up and then realizing that someone else has created the other dot work, and the other dot work is done by a blind artist. Yeah. Just again, that yeah. juxtaposition of, of, of where I can't coexist with mainstream artists, yet my art is a strong. And as powerful as Damien Hirst. And that would be yeah. a, a great jucked position. Okay, yeah, I've got one. I've got one for you then. Uh, name a book that you've uh, read more than once and why. Oh, easy. So obviously audio books. So I, my dad got me into the books when um, I was youngster. I did the book report mm. and they were David Eddings, the series. So a science fiction. Yes, I've story, heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yes. the, the Belgariad, the Malorian. Yes, the, yes. Oh my God. They, I mean, there's about 15 <laughs> books in the series. And uh, so I've read all those. Um, I must have read on them about 10 times each series. <laughs> then I got them on the Kindle to yeah. read. And now I've got them on audiobooks. Oh. Nice. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, I know. I mean, the Malorian is now. Yeah. Yes. If you've got Game of Thrones, you'll love David Eddins. I mean, he is mm. a genius. Big fan oh, of Game of Thrones. What what um what was the last song that you listened to that you loved and why? Oh, see, see, I, for me, music is weird because I like all music uh, genres and I love it, love playing it in the background when I'm doing my art. Um, I love musical theatre a lot. Um, so um, I suppose Hamilton. I love. I listen to the soundtrack of Hamilton a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, looks like. Be good. I've not seen that. I've not seen. So, if people are listening to this and they're thinking, "Wow, I really, really want to know more about that," how do they find out? You know, what you're doing. You know, the, the talk about the egg box um, braille. How do they find all this out? Well, so I have a website. Uh, it's called www.seeingwithoutseeing.com, uh, which is my website, and and it's all linked into my Instagram account. I, I'm a good, I'm a good Insta person. I love Instagram. Yeah. And I like, I always do how the build up to stuff because people like the 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 mm. process, which is good. Um, I won't be posting for a while because I want to keep the aspect show under wraps. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Uh, but anything else when I'm working, obviously at the base, there'll be some stuff from the base. There'll be stuff when I'm working with the National Paralympic Heritage. Uh, but the aspect stuff, I will only show in in April. Um, keep, keep people on tenderhooks. Keep them guessing. Yeah, That's amazing. Guess thing, I it? want people to come and experience it uh, and queue. Can you imagine if we had people queuing for aspects like they did for the stars? Yes. Um, why not? That's what we're waiting for. Yeah, we'll we'll rent a queue, Lou. We'll get a yeah. queue, especially sorted out for it. Yeah, <laughs> but people can also find out about you on the South Sea Folk website because I wrote about you. I wrote about you at Victoria's, but it also sort of has you know links to all of your you know your website and your social media and just sort of a background about you, doesn't it? So people can click on yeah, onto the website and folk. find you on there uh, with some fab photos and looking at your wonderful um, suit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been great. I've really enjoyed you coming mm. on, Clark. Um, oh, you'll have to come back. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we've really enjoyed it. And um, good luck with all of the exhibitions you've got coming up. And we'll definitely see you at the Aspects. I can't wait yeah. for that. And it good luck with your deadline as well. We've got everything crossed for you. I know. You'll be the first to know if I get it. I'll find out in January. So if, if ah. I get it, I'll be, I'll be shooting it for the rooftops. Trust Fabulous. me. Fabulous. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Clark. Well, it's been an absolute care. pleasure. And you. And uh, I'll see everyone in the new year. Happy, happy Christmas. Yes. Happy Christmas to you. And take Thank care. And, um, and we'll see you in the new year. Mm -hmm.